0: If you found Psalm 142 and you're able to, let's stand together and we're going to read these seven verses in this chapter of Scripture. Psalm 142, verse number 1, David said, "'I cried unto the Lord with my voice, with my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble.'" "'When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. "'In the way wherein I walked have they privily laid a snare for me. "'I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. "'Refuge failed me, and no man cared for my soul.'" I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. Boy, it seems like the first six verses have a certain tone to them, don't they? And then you get down to the seventh verse And he ends it with, For thou shalt deal bountifully with me. You'll understand the reason in just a moment why I'm entitling the message this as we look at it this morning, but I'm simply entitling it, Running for Shelter. Running for Shelter. We'll get into the scriptures here in just a moment. Let's pray, and then you can be seated. Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the Word of God, and Lord, thank you for the transparency into David's life, Lord, that we can see here, even as he was going through some things, Lord on his response in being able to run for shelter and we know that shelter was none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord I pray that you'd encourage us this morning and help those that maybe are going through some things that maybe nobody else knows about. But, Lord, they would be able to run to the Lord because you are our anchor. And, Lord, we'll thank you for it. Now help us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. As we looked into this passage of Scripture we have here, and sometimes in your Bible you'll have a a heading above one of the psalms that is written here. It might simply say just a psalm of David, but yet on mine here it says a prayer when he was in the cave, in the cave. Now you can also look back, and we're not going to read all of these psalms but there's some estimation that actually Psalm 140, 141, and 142 kind of blend together that he may have written all three of them. We do know also, according to history, that probably Psalm 57, Was written. If you were to go back and be able to read Psalm 57, it would be a parallel psalm that probably has that heading also that it was written by David when he was in the cave. Now, he was not in this cave, and I'll make reference to this. Uh, That's the one thing that Brother Caleb has said is very different um, about, about where he lives. ...to where we live up here. Up here we have all the mountains and the ocean and the coastline to be able to enjoy. He said we don't have mountains. Their highest place what, 1,300 feet or something like that. Their highest point in the entire state of Indiana. And, uh, but he said what we do have is the caves underground. And so they'll go and they'll explore the caves and be able to get back in there. May I say that when David is writing here in Psalm 142 and writing this psalm, he's not simply dwelling in a cave because he's there for entertainment and had nothing else to be able to do that day, okay? So he decided to go spelunking and uh, to go searching out the cave. That's not why he's there. In fact, you get back to 1 Samuel chapter number 22, and I'll just read this to you, the first couple verses. The Bible says, David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave Adullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither, to him. David actually at this point is running for his life. It is just before this that we find David seated there with Saul and Saul tries to take a javelin and stick David to the wall with it. He throws a javelin at him and David is able to escape and to be able to run for his life and ends up in this cave. Now, putting it in that context of Scripture, you can understand when we get over to chapter 142 in this psalm as David is crying out to the Lord, and literally for his life, he is running for shelter. I just heard this week, to bring it into a a modern-day context, I was talking on Friday morning to Brother Conrad Young, and he was telling me, he said, you know, I was hiking about 25 years ago and uh, of course with someone and uh, he's probably downstairs this morning in their 80s I'm thinking I still hope I'm hiking at 65 when he's talking about that age and uh, but he said I was hiking he said I was up on top of Mount Major about 25 years ago and he said as I'm enjoying the the scenery and the view he said I look out there and he said there is this awful black cloud that's coming across And he said, I knew that I don't wanna be up on top there. He said, so I started as quick as possible. I think he used the term running. He said, getting down that mountain as quick as I possibly could. He said, I didn't make it all the way down. He said, but I found some shelter in under some fir trees. And he said, some of the biggest hail started coming down. And he said, but I had some shelter. I said, aren't you glad you weren't exposed on top of that bald rock up on top there. I said, and that hail coming down and beating you on top of your head during that time. Well, I already knew what I was getting ready to preach for this coming Sunday morning. But when he used the term, I was going for shelter. I said, we've done that physically several times. But can I say in David's life at this point, listen, he was literally running for his life and found shelter In this cave and sat down and wrote this psalm, I cried unto the Lord. Now, I want to share just a few thoughts because, listen, you may not be to the point that you're. Um, King it wasn't well at this point it was David's father-in-law um, may not be to the point in your life that he's trying to stick you to the wall with a javelin but it may seem like you're coming to the end of your rope in a couple areas it may be that you're saying hey how much more can be taken place in my life and you feel like you're just exposed out there with no shelter whatsoever can I encourage us that there is still a place there is still a person that you can run to for shelter and that's none other than the Lord Jesus Christ you see you may not be physically having to find shelter in a cave this morning but spiritually and emotionally you may be to that point saying listen I just need some cover for a while And I know we could probably give hundreds of more examples just like the one I just gave. But I want to share a few thoughts on running for shelter. And if you need some help in this area this morning, I pray that God will give it to you. First of all, in order to be running for shelter, there's got to be a willingness to admit and run to it that you need it. You ever come in contact with someone that seems like everything may be going wrong in their life, and you're saying, well, why don't you get some help for that? But their opinion through all of it is they don't need any help. They haven't reached the rock bottom. I talked to someone yesterday and uh, literally, and and I'm praying it is at the the extreme rock bottom. But I, I told her, I said, listen, I just heard a statement recently that it said your rock bottom may be able to be the foundation that you build your life upon. And I said a tremendous statement in relation to that, but it's amazing we come to the point of being willing to admit and to run to shelter. Oh, that's not so bad. That's not so bad. You know how many people it has cost them their lives when they stand there and watch a hurricane coming in off the coast, or they watch a tornado coming across the plain, and they stand there and say, oh, that's not so bad. We'll be able to weather that. We'll be able to get through that. And they wake up dead the next morning because of their lack of willingness to admit that they don't have it all figured out and they might need to be able to find some shelter somewhere. Look what David says here in Psalm 142. Notice these phrases. He said, "'I cried unto the Lord.'" The second part, with my voice unto the Lord did I make supplication. Verse number two, I poured out my complaint. Down in verse number four, I looked on my right hand. Verse number five, I cried unto thee, O Lord. We understand as we come down through here, he understood in verse number six, the last phrase, for they are stronger than I. I found out this over the years, and I know you have also, as you try to help some people as they're going through everyday life, that until someone comes to the point of realizing that they need some help, they're not willing to accept it, and they're not willing to have someone come alongside of them. Usually, we look at that as two- and three-year-olds as they're trying to learn something, that you stand back when when they're trying to get something accomplished and you try to say well do it this way and they say I've got it daddy I've got it mama I know how to do it you know what my parents did you know what I did I sit back and let them try to figure it out until they come to the point of saying I don't know And can I say in our spiritual lives, listen, here David was, he said, I'm crying under the Lord. I'm pouring out my complaint before him. He has come to the point of understanding, listen, he is running for his life. He is running for shelter, pouring out to the Lord. And may I encourage you that it is not a sign of weakness, but it is a sign of dependence upon almighty God to come to the point of saying, God, I need you more than anything else. And David has come to this point. He said in verse number three, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me. Hey, there may not be absolutely anything that anybody else can do around us, but you know something? We can pray together. Some said it this past week. I was talking to them, and uh, I, was, I was thanking them. They're, they're faithful, and I appreciate that. And it was said that when at a certain point in their life, they said, Pastor, you guys had come to the point and say, Listen, I don't know what else to do, but let's pray. That's all we can do from this point is to be able to take it before the Lord. But prayer is an admitting and a willingness to be able to run to the Lord. As we see here with David running for shelter, listen, you will never waste time spending it in prayer and pouring out before the Lord. It's never a waste of time. It's never saying, oh, I prayed too much about that. No, of taking it before the Lord, a willingness to admit and to run to shelter. We've talked about it, Brother Charlie, Brother Brendan, and and of course, Andy and Dana, and how many times, and you see it over and over, how many lives have been lost in the mountains of New Hampshire from those that get to the point, they just don't give in, they don't admit, hey, I need some help, or by the time they do, their life is about over, because just like all of them, we're full of ourselves and we think we got everything figured out, don't we? And before we know it, you can be an emotional or a spiritual tragedy and casualty of not being willing to be able to cry unto the Lord and pour out. I I was hung up all this week on this phrase where David said, I poured out my complaint before him. Aren't you glad that the Lord's still gracious and long-suffering even when we come before him? Hey, Job said that in chapter number 23 too. He said, if I could find his seat, he said, I'd fill my mouth with complaints before him. And David said, I poured out my complaint. A willingness to be able to go before the Lord and admit that and be able to run to him for shelter. Listen, not one of us here are Superman or have those powers. We can't take it all. But we sure have a God in heaven that can sure take care of us and be able to bear that load. And that's why he says, listen, cast in all your care upon him, for he careth for you. And I'm thankful that the God in heaven is willing for us to be able to come, but we have to be willing to admit it and to be able to run to him for shelter. Can I say what this takes is an end of ourselves, number two, being willing to run to shelter, an end of ourselves, but in this passage of Scripture, a beginning of God in our lives. When we come to the end of ourselves and say, God, I can't do it. I believe that's what he's saying here in verse number three when he says, my spirit was overwhelmed within me. But look at this, then thou knewest my path. He said in verse number four, he said, I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. You say, what do we do? He's at the end of himself here. Very next verse in verse number five says, I cried unto thee, O Lord when we come to the end of ourselves listen that's just the beginning of where god is desiring to work a couple of weeks ago as i was at the rock of ages conference down there in columbia south carolina one of the men got up and preached that we serve a god that is that is willing and able to work beyond our finality When humans stand back and say, that's it, that's the end of it. When David is saying, I'm overwhelmed, when David is saying, I'm looked around and nobody's on my right hand, refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. He said, but I cried unto thee, thou knewest my path. Boy, I'm so thankful for a God in heaven. Listen, when we're at the end of ourselves, he's just getting started. When we start saying, hey, I don't have anything else more to give, God's saying, listen, trust in me because he continues on more than we could ever imagine. But it's, listen, it's willing to admit that and say, God, I don't have anything else. I'm overwhelmed. David said it over and over. In fact, this word refuge is used 17 times throughout the book of Psalms as David is writing. More than any other book in the Bible, David uses the term refuge more than anyone else. The only book that comes close to it is back in the book of Numbers when God was laying out the cities of refuge that they were able to run to. It's used 11 times in the book of Numbers. 17 times here is as David over and over and over is speaking about the Lord being his refuge. Of saying, Lord, I can't protect and provide for myself through all of this, but, Lord, I need thee. I'm crying unto thee. Thou art my refuge. Thou art my portion. Lord, it is all in thee and not in me. I believe that there's times that God is so desiring to work in our lives and in the lives of our family and in our marriages, but as long as we're trying to do it on our own, God's going to say, listen, I'll let you do it. When we come to the point of saying, God, it's all you and not me. And God, I can't do this. God, there's no way that I can. Listen, we're reminded of what, what uh John said in John chapter 15 when he made the statement. He said, For without me, it's what Jesus said, for without me ye can do nothing. In and of ourselves. Listen, we're not going to be able to do it. It's the end of ourselves, it's the beginning of God working. Running for shelter, we had to do some of that on on this past Tuesday. We were trying to make some supper up there beside a beside a little pond right there, and Andy was being so kind and had his little stove out and he's boiling some water for us for those wonderful MREs. Aren't them things a blessing? And uh, he's boiling some water. We hear the rain start coming over the mountain and it's hitting the leaves. We can hear it on the trees. He gets that water boiling, turns around and says, Dad, where are you at? He's in there huddling. He went running for shelter. Went running for shelter. I said, so did I. I put my poncho on. I said, trying to stay as dry as we could. Hey, listen, there comes a point. We understand we're at the end of ourselves. And Lord, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, Lord, if anything's going to happen, Lord, it's going to be you and it's not going to be me. And some of you may be to that point of just needing to cry unto the Lord, be able to spend some time with Him, pour it out before Him. But then I want you to see finally this morning on this subject matter, the fulfillment of His purpose in our lives. You see, all of Psalm 142, these first six verses, as I made mention, listen, he is pouring it out. He is willing to be able to cry unto the Lord when there is nobody else to be able to cry out to. He took off and he's running literally for his physical life. He ends up in this cave. He's crying unto the Lord. I'm not gonna ask how long has it been since you've just gotten with the Lord and had a good cry before him. I'll be honest with you, if it's, if it's been too long Maybe maybe it's time get with the lord. Oh no, I've got I've got broad shoulders I can carry it all. Yes and you'll get crushed under the weight of it. If you don't cry unto the lord and say lord this is yours. Lord, I can't do it. Listen, be willing. Humble ourselves before the Lord. The end of ourselves, the beginning of God. But what's the purpose in all of this? He's crying unto the Lord. He's asking God to attend unto his cry. He's brought very low. But what's the fulfillment? Look what he said in verse number seven. Boy, it changes the whole tone of Psalm 142. He says, bring my soul out of prison. Why? There's three things right here. First of all, that I may praise thy name. Lord, would you deliver me? Would you bring me out of this? Not so that that, that everybody else, and not just so that I can have deliverance, but Lord, so that I can praise your name. Lord, that I can exalt you. I wonder when it is, listen, we cry before the Lord. We pour out our complaints before him. And aren't you so thankful for his grace and his mercy and his long suffering? And he does deliver us out of it, but then we fail to praise him for it. We fail to to be saying, hey, the Lord brought me out. He heard my cry. He lifted me up higher than I could climb by myself. David said in another place, he lifted me up out of the miry clay and he set my feet on a solid rock and he's established my goings over and over and over. Listen, David did not fail to be able to pour out his complaints before the Lord, but that when the Lord changed him and delivered him over and over and over, David gave the praise to the Lord over and over. Lord, bring my soul out of prison. Hey, let me ask you something. Why is it that we want to be delivered from certain things in our lives? Is it for our own personal satisfaction? Or is it saying, Lord, would you deliver me so that I might be able to have another reason to be able to praise you? Bring my soul out of prison that I may praise thy name. Do you understand he just had a javelin thrown at him? And he's saying, Lord, deliver me. I want to praise you. I'm stuck in a cave. I'm running for shelter. Lord, I'm huddled down here. He's the anointed king of Israel running for his life. Lord, deliver me so that I can take my rightful place on the throne. Lord, deliver me so that I can have the prestigious position and be able to have all the wealth and the respect that comes with it. No, Lord, deliver my soul out of prison that I might praise thy name that I might exalt the Lord Jesus Christ. And then look at this. The righteous shall come me about. Do you understand this? Listen, he's running on his own. I want us to turn back and, boy, I'm trying to, I'm trying to hurry this morning, but this was thrilling my soul. As I was looking and he closes out this passage, this, this uh, psalm right here, by saying the righteous shall come me about. I thought he takes off by himself. We read 1 Samuel 22 and verse number one, where it says he ran and escaped to cave Adullam. But verse number two says this, and everyone that was in distress, and everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him. And he became a captain over them, and there were with him about 400 men. And I thought, here he is in Psalm 142, telling us that the, the righteous shall come past me about. 1 Samuel 22 talks about this 400 that gathered together. And I thought, here's the 400 gathered together, and they're not in much better shape than what David's in. They're discontented, they're poor, they're in debt, they're distressed. You say, is that an encouragement? yeah, I found out this. You know what I found out? Boy, when I start getting down and I'm running for shelter, everybody else is too. <laughs> and we start getting together and we start saying, Hey, look, boy, this, this has been happening. And I, I could go through, listen, and, and some have said it, it, it's been a long couple weeks. I'm not going to, I'm not going to start. It ended with me cramming my finger in a door. And if that didn't top it all off, I walked in the women's prison on Thursday and I'm getting up there, getting ready to preach. And one of the ladies looks at me. Here's what she said. She said, pastor, are you starting to paint your nails? <laughs> she didn't know what happened. She asked me if I started to paint my nails. I said, That's just the icing on the cake right there. I said, I'm not painting my nails. Then I had to go through the whole story of what happened of jamming my finger. I said, I'm not painting my nails. And I just can't wait for that thing to heal up so people don't think I'm painting my nails. If you're watching live stream wondering what's going on, it's not paint on my fingernails. But I found out this. I said, we start running for shelter. We get into a cave. We're crying out, pouring out our hearts before the Lord. You know what I found out? All those that come gather around, they're pouring their heart out before the Lord too. Distressed, in debt, discontented, all in the same boat. But you say, what? What? comfort did that bring? David wasn't by himself in all of it. And boy, when he said the company of righteous will be around us, I thought, listen, what a great example of how it ought to be for the local church family to be able to gather together. But we get to the point and say, well, I'm overwhelmed, so I'm just going to stay at the house. I'm not going to get around other people. Well, I say this, this ought to be the cave and the shelter that you're running to on a regular basis. Because you get in here, listen, someone will come up alongside of you and say, yeah, been that kind of week for me too. And boy, you you can both pour it out before the Lord together and be able to start praising his name for what the Lord has done for us. I thought, boy, what a blessing. But then look at this. He closes it out with a statement about the blessings of God. For thou shalt deal bountifully with me. You talk about a statement that's made in faith. Of saying, Lord, I'm in a cave right now. I am running for my life. Everybody coming in, the the company of righteous that's gathering around me. Listen, he didn't have much to be able to praise for, but he's just praising on faith for the future. He said, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. God, what you're going to do in the future, I know it's going to be right, and I know it's going to be good. Running for shelter. The blessings of God. Can I say this? God's still on the throne this morning. I still, still say God knows exactly where you're at. God knows exactly what you're going through. You say, oh, this is unique. No one's ever gone through this before. Guess what? They have. This is where you need to be surrounded by the company of righteous. Be able to start praising on credit That's what some have said before I'm just going to thank him and praise him on credit Because I know it's coming For thou shalt deal bountifully with me I don't know how many here this morning Maybe you just need to run to the Lord for shelter Maybe you just need to make it to him And pour out your heart before him And cry unto the Lord Have a good spiritual cry before him Come to the end of yourself But at the beginning of God I'll close with this statement I found out in all of this, listen, he poured it all out before the Lord. But he never gave up on God. He never said, God, I'm done with you. He said, God, I know you have a plan. I know you got a purpose. I know you're going to deal bountifully with me. But right now, I just need a good crying time. Just need a good crying time. Lord, I need to pour it out before you. If you're here today, listen, I'm not talking about running for physical shelter, but what about spiritual shelter? What about mentally? What about emotionally? Taking it before the Lord, saying, Lord, I need to cry unto you. My spirit's overwhelmed, but Lord, I'm thankful you know my path. I looked around, there's no man who care for me. Felt like he was all by himself, refuge failed me but Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm brought low. Lord, would you bring my soul out of prison? He felt so confined and so locked up with it. God, would you bring me out that I may praise thy name? I'm asking the Lord to be able to help us with this, running for shelter. Might just be a storm that's coming. You might be able to see it coming. You have time to be able to get sheltered. Some may just slip up on you. May be here by the end of today. Can I encourage you, still got to go to the Lord. He's the one to be able to give shelter through all of it.